For the newly indoctrinated, Jim Butcher's The Dresden Files follows the story of a professional wizard in Chicago. We've started our podcast as a way to help break down the series' most important moments, characters, and lore. This is McAnally's Dresden Files podcast by Free Flow Rambling. Conjure by it at your own risk. Hi folks, Tanzan here. I wanted to give you a little bit of a heads up for the following episode. We unfortunately experienced some technical difficulties with our guests' remote recording this time around. Before you get too far, you may want to adjust your speakers to a lower volume to start just in case. I regret we have some buzz in the guest's audio signal that I just was not able to get rid of in post-editing. Well, that's it for now. Back to the regular episode. Welcome to the McAnally's Pubcast brought to you by Free Flow Rambling. This is episode 8.16, Fuego Pyro Fuego, where we are covering the novel Grave Peril. My name is Tanzan, and I'm joined by Maggie. Hello, hello. And Jess. Heyo. We have another guest today. Mike Sox, welcome. Hi, everybody. Thanks for uh, inviting me to this. This is awesome. We're glad to have you. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. Uh, well, I've been uh, a fan of Jim Butcher and the Dresden Files for a lot of years. I think the first book I picked up was uh, was Great Peril, actually. And then I went back and read uh, Stormfront, carried on from there. So I've been a fan. I've been around this for quite a while, I think. Right on. Nice. Right. One, of, one of the examples of starting in... At the restart. <laughs> it's cool if you read Stormfront and Grave Peril, but if you start a Grave Peril, you really get hooked, and then you can... Oh, exactly. So, making our point. Cool. We want to send a special shout-out and thank you to our newest Patreons, Toddler Stilts and KJotter13. By supporting us, they now get a special Discord Patreon access... McNally stickers and our undying love and support. A huge, huge thank you to Toddler Stilts and K Jotter 13. If you'd also like to grab us a pitcher, pint, or a sampler to get loads of fun perks and exclusive merchandise, check out our Patreon channel today. Chapter 30. Dresden makes a stand and the vampires attack. Dresden manages to get Lydia. As they try to leave, Bianca captures Justine. Bianca makes a deal with Thomas for giving up his companions in exchange for her, which he accepts by giving Susan to the vampires. Bianca quickly double-crosses Thomas. In a rage, Dresden casts an intense fire spell which allows for them to escape. So chapter 30! So yeah, so we finished off at the end of the last chapter with Michael getting ready to jump into the fray and Dresden being like, oh, wait, hang on. And he's like, dude, we got to do something. So then he's like, oh, crap. And then Susan's like, you know, Harry grabs his stuff and Susan's like, oh, what are you doing? He's like, I guess I'm doing the right thing. (laughs) So we're picking up basically right um, where by, you know, basically just the action of his actions, you know, by... By taking a hold of his sword cane and, and that, it's obvious kind of what he's getting ready to do. He's, he's telegraphing his... <laughs> his intent. His intent. So he knows, so everything's about to kick off real fast. 
So he basically starts off with his little description of like how a battle goes, you know, like in games and history books, they make it all sound very simple and very blah, blah, blah. And he's like, yeah, real battle is not like that. Pretty much everybody start, they step forward and the vamps all just kind of boom, jump in. I said, I was going to say, uh, I really appreciated how, uh, how Jim wrote that and uh, listening to an audio uh, for the first time of James Marcer, that was Really, really well done. I really enjoyed that first little bit, even though there was no action specifically. It was just get, setting the setting the mood really for the for a big fight scene. I thought it was amazing. And that's one of the things that Butcher is good at. It's like you go right from the precipice of you know you're about to step off the edge of the cliff at the end of the last chapter, and then he like he pulls you back for a moment where you're like the first sentence isn't like I stabbed someone, you know, it's also like in games and books, you know, and you're like, yeah. he does such a good job of bringing in um, this little back explanation, right? Where you take a second, you're like, what? And then you're like, oh, and just sets it up so real, right? Makes it sound so, like, exactly right. How many battles have we all studied in school one way or another at one point in our lives? And you're right, it's like, all oh, it sounds very simple. And you're like, well, this is this, and that was that. And you could, but fact of the matter is, it's just fucking crazy. Well, it's nice because chaotic. it really directs the reader's imagination to where he wants it, what, direct, what direction he wants to go. Yes. And it really sets up the, the idea that this is his memoirs well after the fact. That, you know, in, in, in hindsight, yeah, the stuff that they told you, it's crap. It doesn't work like that in real life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And now that, yeah, he sort of had time to go back and reflect and be like, yeah, so this is what was going on in the moment. Everything is so fast and so chaotic. You Like, he's literally, he's like, you know, the only thing is how do I stay alive? And now afterwards you can come back and describe, like, what happened and this and that, right? So, yeah, basically it's on. A tide of vampires came toward us. They rushed in animal swift, a blur of twisted, bulging faces and staring black eyes. So, yeah. It's immediate survival mode. Right. Thomas gives them a little bit of an edge and he tells them to aim for the bellies, which makes them weak and unable to fight. And that's just, just to me, was such a grotesque description. Oh. I, like, I read that and was just super grossed out. We Ew. always do. I usually listen to the chapters ahead of time when I'm coming, because I now have about like an hour, hour and a half drive between my house. I used to be like 10 minutes. Now I move just out of town, and so I go in, and, and some days I have to go pick up Jessica and then get here and whatever. So it's like, so I usually do a recap, right, as I'm doing all this driving. It's like I plug in the audiobooks and listen, so everything's nice and fresh. And Jessica was listening when she hops in the car, and she's just like, ew, gross. <laughs> like, yeah, pretty much. It's, it's a real good visual, that when he gives you. So it's kind of nice that it's like the vamps have all this, you know, preternatural, supernatural strength and speed, but really, they're only at the top of their game on a well-fed stomach. Right, they're not, not invincible. Just, they're, yeah, and basically great. that's where they're pulling from. So, I mean, like you say, I'm sure they're still capable of all kinds of nasty stuff. Like when Kyle and Kelly come to give um, the invitation, you know, I mean, he makes the comment about Kelly being on a diet. But she's obviously not, you know, wasted away and incapable of, you know, he's not like, you know, having her limp along behind him or something because she hasn't eaten. But yeah, basically, if you get rid of the blood sack right here and now, and that's going to huge cause like just, I mean, most of us, I don't think are doing a whole lot after we get completely like gutted and eviscerated, yeah. to be fair. <laughs> But yeah, it's point, a really, yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't just barrel, you know, cut off an arm and they're probably still going to come at you. But if you hit them directly where they live, their then... so-called Achilles heel, yeah. their Achilles belly, their Achilles stomach. Actually, it does. Uh, uh, now that you've mentioned it, I'm thinking I'd be a really good, like, you know, 
ploy against Dresden is like, maybe this guy doesn't know anything about vampires. Let's tell him like, say Kelly's on a diet, even if she's not, then he'll be like, this is what a weak ass vampire is like. And yeah. then he'll like really <laughs> bug him out and then he won't mess with us at all, you know? Right. The block, maybe the fake she was out, never the on a diet block. in the first place, you know? He's just like, we'll just tell right. him she is and he can be all like, oh my God, oh my they're God, so that strong was anyway. the weakest of them. Yeah. <laughs> or Dresden's just really actually just making fun of her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. I'm going to make her sound like a really shitty person. Even <laughs> <laughs> Even better is, yeah, because these are memoirs. He's looking back. He's like, you know what? Fuck you. You're a weak ass bitch now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. You know who else is going to read these journals? Just my adoring men apprentices. <laughs> right. Almost said mentors, but no. Almost. No. Whoops. I thought it was interesting that the, the vampires uh, targeted Thomas and Michael first and didn't really go after Harry right off the bat. And uh, like they, they almost didn't count him as being a threat as much as they did Michael, who didn't even have the sword, and Thomas. Yeah, well, you can count that, I think, in a couple of ways. I didn't, like, I never really looked at like that beforehand, but you could say that, yeah, well, Michael is still, he doesn't have the sword, but he still is, is you know, right next to, like, the angels and shit. Like, as far as, as Earth mortals goes... Michael's about as far up there and in the fold as you can get. So I think, like you say, he's already demonstrated a few moments ago when they had their conversation with Mavra that when he put, like, he didn't even have a proper cross or a crucifix. And yes, there's a difference, folks. Or, you know, I mean, may or may not be blessed, whatever. He has the hilt of his dagger makes a cross. And that was enough to, like, blinding flash of light, like, you know, it wasn't just like, oh, you held it up. It was like a visible whole thing, right? So I think Michael is definitely still, he's been in this, like you say, longer than Harry. Like, these guys probably all know who, you know, I mean, Mavra certainly knew who he was. He killed her scourge of, you know, so I'm like, a bunch of these reds probably are familiar with the knights, either in story fashion, if not any um, personal encounters. So I think a trained warrior that he is, I definitely think. Thomas, yes, Thomas, again, he's in the know, right? He's one of the other vampire courts, that's cousins or whatever is Bianca. So I think he, again, he they know he has a leg up within the strength and skill department and stuff like that, that he's going to be tougher to put down. The other thing, though, is that at the end of it, Michael's about to step forward and you see like Harry, you know, reaches out and puts his hand on his shoulder. So to me, it also could simply be that he's just behind them. That they're just, yeah, they're the first ones in front. Harry was a step behind with, you know, because they were all facing and talking to Marbra, and then they like turn around to face the rest of this court. So I'm like, it could also simply be logistics that right. it just so happened that Thomas and, and Michael were the ones right in front, so they get the first wave as it comes in. But well, going off of that too, I would say you know, as much, much as Bianca has an issue with Harry, I think if you're just a regular ass vampire and you're purely going off of reputation, you know, I think yeah, I'd be like, hmm. Well, we hate the Knights of the Cross, and we hate the other vampire court. We hate the so white court. I don't like Thomas, I don't like Michael, you know? Like, not yeah. this random little bitch-ass wizard that no one's heard of. Well, right? and exactly. Like, Thomas right? has been around a lot longer than Dresden. Like, their their courts, their families, whatever, have obviously had a much more long-standing... Both of them have been on the scene before. Dresden yeah, ever. they already know that. Tom, yeah, that's why it was such an insult, because Thomas is just, you know, the nobody bastard son of he holds no power in the white court, and they sent him, right? So they already know Bianca hates him, and that he's just... 
you know, some little anyway, the same thing as like, on. It'd be the same thing as, like, you know, maybe Marcone is like, this stupid bitch or whatever like that. But at regular gang people, are like, who the fuck cares? Like, he's not another rival gang. He's not a politician. Like, yeah. our boss just has random beef with this, like, random dude, right? <laughs> like, that's basically what I would imagine all these vampires. Yeah, like, that's Okay, what... Bianca says to kill him, but, like, but, yeah. I'm staring at threats. No, he's not on Well, the and exactly. And this is the thing. This is part of Harry's point, too. He's like, I had I tried to have one conversation with her. Didn't go well, because she came out it from a whole other place that you know assumptions people don't make assumptions bianca had completely the wrong idea and his pocket full of sunshine was defense not was it yes exactly he literally just wanted to talk he had no clue and she thought he knew what was up she thought he did it she thought she thought she thought whatever she had all her own so exactly beyond that everybody else is like like nobody else was there for this interaction dresden had nothing to do with her since she's been you know everybody else well yeah she's been nursing and harboring this grudge on her own for a couple of years you know when someone cuts you off in traffic you're like i hope you die today right and that person just goes on with their life and you're like i hope you get a flat tire and you're late to work and your boss fires you right and they're just like they've never even thought about you in Canada. they, they don't even realize like, they catch you yeah exactly you and Dresden's like la 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 <laughs> like wait what we're still on that yeah, seriously yeah like, <laughs> which I think he pretty much said to her at one point he's like you crazy like what the hell girl I cut people off in traffic every day <laughs> right so anyways yeah I leave bumpers behind in the street everywhere I go <laughs> uh I'd like to say she was joking, folks, but I've seen her drive. I'm, ta- I'm talking from Dresden. Oh, oh sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, I totally meant Dresden. What the fuck? <laughs> but yeah, we have another moment, kind of like Harry's in the beginning when Thomas is like explaining the courts, and then and then Harry's like, I need that, like when Michael, or Thomas mentions the court, and Michael kind of like explains, you know, like there's three of them, and Harry's like, I need that. And then here's Thomas, he's like, get him in the belly, and Michael's like, I know! <laughs> Okay, okay, just for those of you that didn't. Although it is kind of funny because I realized afterwards, I think when he's having the conversation with Mavericks, he talks about, maybe when he mentions the the Stoker's big bad book of killing black vampires, because yeah, basically in the beginning, he makes it sound like he doesn't really know, like when Michael's like, oh, there's three, the black, the red, and the white, he's like, yeah, I knew that. I mean, it totally sounds like he doesn't really know. Yet when he's talking with her, he's like, oh, the blacks are all about garlic and, you know, and I'm like, so wait, so you do know about the different types No, that was of- a surprise to him because it wasn't until, like, he threw the garlic from Susan's bag that she, like, disappeared and he's like, oh, so it- Stoker's book was a how-to, it- was it? Yeah, it was a surprise just- to him. He didn't I- know. Maybe. It just, there was something in it. I'd have to go back specifically. I don't know if it was just that or not, but it just, no. anyways, it gave him more the impression or maybe it's coming up somewhere where he talks more about, anyways, it just seemed like all of a sudden he had more information about the <laughs> He knows just enough to be dangerous. Well, mostly to himself. Right. (laughs) Michael gets caught up in a big dog pile with several vampires, and Mm. Kyle appears with a semi-automatic, but uh, Dresden does something cool and uses a a magnetism spell and totally disarms him, which I thought was super cool. Super cool. It is the first time. And he kind of says, he's like, I'm not really big on the earth magics, but I like to keep my hand in just to, and, you know, again, no spoilers, but we don't always see a lot of earth magic from harry but yes he pulls out this earth magic thing which is kind of cool and it's always very powerful though he says he doesn't use earth magic much because that's not his forte but when he does damn if it's never well i think 
to me, that feels just a little inherent of earth magic. If you're going to be moving the earth and magnetic sure. forces and boulders, it's always going to have. But yeah, again, rock type Pokemon, ground type Pokemon. Exactly. They got a lot of boom smash pow. Yeah, and again, just because a lot of areas is just boom smash pow. Anyways, he just hasn't ever really practiced up to be yeah really good. Or he would go to like shake the earth a little, like the equivalent of like pulling the carpet out from under you and making you fall down. And he would just you know create like a desert-sized crater or something like that. He just pulled so, the entire table out. He just, <laughs> yeah, he just pulls the entire carpet, floor, crust of the earth. and So yeah, I always take it sort of that way that, yeah, it's it's a powerful type of magic. No he finesse. Just, he just, just no finesse. That's with everything. He's just never bothered to practice. Which, again, is some ways weird, considering that he's always like, oh, nobody expects you to pull a gun. Nobody expects you to, like, punch him in the face. I'm like, well, nobody expects you to open the earth under them either, Harry. So since you are a lot of brute force, why are you not better at Take earth advantage. magic? Why do you not? Yes, exactly. I'm like, it can be pretty brutal on its own. And if you actually knew how to use that with, I'm like, just think of all the things you could have avoided by, you know, just like drop Bianca like up to her neck and like close the earth around her again. She's you know not what? doing a much. You know what really pays the bills though is searching down lost wedding rings, not standing in a field practicing earth, earth magic. That's true. This is why right. children, I know it really seems like, you know, you want to get out of school as fast as you can, but one day your hobbies are you're not going to have time for them. You're going to have to go and get a job and you're going to realize how much it fucking sucks. Right. So. <laughs> but by that argument, you could also use earth magic to find. I mean, just, you know, you, you lost it planting your garden. Just have the garden just spit out your diamond ring. and well, your If Harry tries way. to do that with his, he would, it would make it spit into the... Jack in, and the beanstalk. This is like, he's got to practice to get the finesse. And he could find a lot more wedding rings. I'm pretty sure at some point he mentions, I don't know if it was one of the short story graphic novels we did or somewhere down the road, but he mentions finding somebody's like lost coins at the bottom of the ocean or something like that. You know what, Same Harry, dip, you're just, always a starving dude. Yeah, maybe just keeping like a tomato clan in your apartment, you know, could help a guy out every now and again, you know? Like, some start small, but, like, maybe you wouldn't be, like, you know, living off of, like, what was it? Alphagetti? SpaghettiOs? SpaghettiOs and Coke. be living off of SpaghettiOs if you, like, cultivated the tiniest garden, you know, in your kitchen or something, you know? Just magicked up his own vegetables. Well, yeah, like, if you want to start, I would imagine, I don't have a green thumb at all, but I imagine, you know, keeping a tomato plant alive with magic is probably a good place to start versus like creating craters in your garden you know i see the only problem is harry's so ham-handed it's much easier i understand that but But i still think you know he just kept a couple beans and tomatoes you know like well i mean it's it's in his basement and there's no real sunlight so i think it'd be just a lot of mushroom (laughs) (laughs) i think if harry had you know started this whole thing earlier he could have created the beyond meat thing way easier sort of growing (laughs) macaroni in your basement you know Right? All these missed opportunities of these wizards. Like, all You focused on flying carpets, man. You should have been like... <sighs> one bad experience and he was just... I brought this up a little while ago and didn't like so far enough say it. I just like alluded to it for people who actually had read the book, but I'll say it right now. In Project Hail Mary, a dude just starts... Like, he turns his own meat. He grows his, himself. Mm-hmm. His, he uses his own cells to grow meat. So he mm. just cannibalizes himself, kind of, because he's just using his own but DNA like, to grow milk. Like, synthetically, right? Oh my god, that's sort of horrifying. So he's like, yeah, it is cannibalistic, but I'm eating myself, so I'm kind of okay with it, you know? Like, morally, <laughs> I like, gave consent. Yeah, but, right? <laughs> oh, that's so messed. That's so anyways, so messed. I'm like, Harry could have started somewhere there, you know? Like, right. I'm not talking so about, like, much. human testing or actual cannibalism, but if it's your own cells you're growing into meat... Yeah, you give consent to eat yourself, then you should be allowed to do that, right? 
I would so, love to see what the White Council would say about something like that. Right. Well, there's a reason he like really doesn't want to invite Morgan into his apartment for tea. Would you like a sandwich? No. See, I don't know, cause people complain like they go to Canada and order bacon. It's turkey bacon. It's when you go to Chicago and it's fucking human meat. <laughs> when when Dresden offers you a finger sandwich, do you just? Oh. <laughs> Too far, too far. <laughs> you that's, never know. That's where, that's where we draw the line, I guess. <laughs> as long as it's not lady fingers, though. <laughs> that's true. It'd have to be boy fingers only. Okay. Anyways. So, yeah. He does the cool Magneto whips Kyle's fancy gold-plated gun. And he's just like, yeah, whatever. Doing! <laughs> and then smashes it into the face of somebody trying to sneak up on Justine. And then Thomas literally just... What does it size the legs out from under him? So they're not easy. They're not instant takedown. They're not, you know, even though they figured here out a party of vamps and well, yeah, wouldn't make for much of a battle if it was like they slaughter, hold slaughter, their slaughter. own for a minute. Yeah, exactly. yeah. they yeah. what? They hold their own they, for a yeah. minute. They get to hold their own. But yeah, but that's just the point being is I'm sure the vamps just thought, ha ha, you threw the first punch. Now we're gonna squish you like bugs. And unfortunately, the bugs fought back, and they really weren't expecting that. Right. <laughs> so they were like, oh wait. Um. And then Michael Michael manages to dispatch that dog pile with what sounds like I think it was like it seems like a Latin prayer. I'm not. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't bother translating, but it's well, it basically um, cleanses that which is unclean. Yeah, the lava called Asordium. It basically is. Yeah, cleanses oh. that which is unclean. Which you know, a bunch of vampires. Take a bath. Pretty much ah. like, ah. <laughs> I think we're going a little deeper than that, oh, but okay. yes. <laughs> Yeah, so the the Jesus Domini and, and, you know, basically just, yeah, calling on God and that. So, yeah, so basically they see him get swarmed and, and, you know, the bottom of his dog pile. And basically he just does the whole stand up and fling everything off of him. Magic special effects thing. It's a very superhero moment. I like it. It's kind of superhero (laughs) moment. And yes, and again, right, with his with his Latin blood cr- or blood cries, battle cries. So he's a little beat up. You know, he hasn't come out of this completely unscathed, but, you know, when he went down, he was fighting his way through them and all that kind of stuff. And then between the the power of prayer and the power of his daggers <laughs> and his fists, he manages to, yeah. So they don't like that. That, I think, you right. know, has the extra, that the, the praying upon them kind of a thing is... It was effective. It was effective. It was, it was, yeah. The really nice part after this, too, is when you really get to see Harry step into his element and be in control, too, when he starts issuing directions. Yes. That's actually, like... I really like it, you know. It's a glimpse into the future, but it's like, yeah, Harry, like... Yeah, it's it's that, you know, what is it, great leaders? Um, mm-hmm. Some people are born to lead and some have it thrust upon them or whatever that whole shtick. And that's a little bit Harry. Harry's like, you know, where everyone's standing there going, what do we do, what do we do, what do we do? Harry's like, I don't know, I don't want to be in charge. I want to go home and go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> and then when shit starts going down, right, once he makes the decision, then basically, yeah, he's like, all right, this is what we're going to do. So Thomas is like, okay, well, we got to take out Bianca because she's the leader. And Justin and Michael head up the stairs while Thomas, Susan, and Justine sort of hold back the crowd. Yeah, he manages to get them hold, holding the foot of the stairs so they can go. And I do kind of like this because this is a very frequent part of of fiction and stuff like that where exactly like especially you know you're watching movies and I'm like I get a little bit it's hard sometimes you know for so much to happen 
like there's ten things happening in real time. Like Jessica talks about the Dungeons and Dragons. Basically, everybody takes six seconds, but they're all sort of that six seconds at the same time. But of course, you have to go individually around the board for each of them, right? And it always makes me think of like we used to always. My brothers used to make such fun of the old Hercules cartoon, and it was like the beast would be like rampaging up on good old Hercules or whatever, and it would be you know they'd show like a wide shot and things like five feet in front of Hercules, and then he decides to take out his ring from his belt. He puts the ring on, and the ring they did the little glowy thing and the little zappy thing and the little ring spiraling out and all this kind of stuff. And Hercules is ready, and then they go back to a wide shot. Now all of a sudden the the, the demon monster thing or whatever is like 20 feet back running at him and like they always used to make the joke they're like oh, the power of the ring like used to like blow them back and but i mean like really like they would show they were like right here but then by the time he did all this magical it was like 10 feet away like it was still just starting to come at him right i'm like that's always kind of how it is here so they make the thing where he's like they they see mavra is poised like that's basically what kicks this off is she's about to gut lydia and michael's like we, we can't let this happen and he's like can't we? No, okay, shit, no, we can't. And then, boom, they've got to fight through all of these, you know, first few ranks in between them and get up the stairs and get... Mm-hmm. And you're like, there's no way. Like, it would take her two seconds. One, she's a freaking vampire. Like, she's strong. It's not going to be. She's quick. And she's, like, right there already to do it. And I like at least that Butcher addresses it. And he's like, Mama just got distracted by the rest of the fight because he's, you know, because Dresden's like, there's no way we're going to be in time. And he's like, oh, shit, she hasn't done it yet. And then Oliver's like, oh, yeah, wait, shit, I was going to kill this girl. Right. <laughs> I think Mavra wanted to see uh, especially Michael go down. Well, I'm sure, yes. And was probably quite surprised when he didn't right away. Fucker, that fucker again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It would have been really nice, though, if uh, Michael could have taken her out now, though. Would have caused a lot of problems in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Saved a lot of problems for the future. Saved a lot of things, yep. I agree. But no. Butcher. So Dresden attempts a spell on Amarachius, but Maverick keeps hold of the sword. And Dresden flings her with the sword, <laughs> which finally ends up the sword ends up flying away after that. But, Comical like, sort of, <laughs> right? Exactly. Well, yeah, he uses his his magnetism spell, so he, he pulls it out, and then he uses it like twice, and then we don't see it again for how long. Um, but yeah, exactly right. He's trying to keep the sword from, <laughs> yeah, just figuring he'd sort of do the same thing and like yank it away, like he did to. Kyle, only she's like, and hangs on to it, and then he's like, okay, fine, fuck you, and then he just, he's like, I just whip my cane in an arc and just center, and I'm like, again, it's just that, like, I had that moment, the last chapter, where I was like, it's sort of comical, like, Mavra's, like, perfectly stock still, with just, like, the eyeballs bouncing around and moving, I'm like, it's the same kind of thing, it's like, all of a sudden, Mavra's just like, you know, like, cartoon <laughs> flung off the side of this dais, and like, out of the crowd. You know, in, um, the old Pokemon TV show, when uh, every time Ash Ketchum defeated Jesse and James, and they would just go flying off until they were a little, like, twinkling dust in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Exactly. Do you know what this scene reminded me of? Is like, that Harry Potter moment where he's on the where they're on the broom the first time, and Neville, like, is trying to hang on to this broom that's going crazy, and it's, like, hit, he's, like, f- like it's flying around. Yeah, throwing him around but, the courtyard. Yeah, <laughs> but that's what I have vision is, is like, Mavra holding this so sword, just like, flinging ding, around. Ding, ding. <laughs> I know. Really, Dresden could have milked that a little bit more, you know, when he realized she was hanging. Instead of just, like, flinging her, he, exactly, he totally could have done like the give her whiplash yeah just like bounce her around you know like when you write your name with a sparkler they already said too like the black court has a really bad like flesh suit you know like they're already a little bit like yeah they 
decompose and stuff. So yeah, like they I think like some like violent that. thrashing would have done her some harm, you know? Like Yeah, probably. Yeah, they don't recover the same way. Like you, yeah. you knock off like an ear or a limb and they basically just stay like corpses yeah, where they lost they that like that, ear. Yeah. Then. No, not that, not the same regeneration that the red court gets. Yeah, because yeah. the red court can just pull on their they just yeah. make it themselves so they can always I, I, I always wanted to, to see uh, Harry drop Amarakis back into Michael's hand, whether or not uh, Mobber was holding on to it, just to see what would have happened. That would have been Ooh. cool, too. Yeah, that'd be something to see. But that reminds me. Total superhero moment of just putting oh, yeah. it right into the next hand. When you play uh, Mario and you get to, like, at the end of every boss fight as you're fighting Bowser's children or whatever like that, mm-hmm. and, like, the magic wand the flies from the sky, comes down. You know, it's yeah. like jumps and gets it in pause. Harry or Michael just does one of those. Right. <laughs> He's in the middle of like flinging a vamp off of him, so his hand is like up and outstretched, and all of a sudden Amaraki is just comes flying down right into it. He's like, Whoa! And, you know, yeah. Would have been cool. Totally takes out the next ten vamps. That another are in front missed of opportunity. Jim Butcher has said he's like, you know what? I think like if we were to do another TV show, he would prefer it to be animated. He's like, I think it just fits better for the show. Yes, oh, absolutely. Animated Dresden Files, you know. Yeah. Yeah, like that'd Fine. be. This is the kind cool. of shit you can do. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Yeah. Although I did like when he when he said. I mean, it's kind of comical. And we used to hear splatting, but then he's like, there was a bunch of like dry crackling and popping, and so it's like she still kind of squished a little when she hit. <laughs> but apparently, it didn't do much because apparently, the next second she pops back up and runs off again. So that's just rude. Right. She recovers and tries to attack Dresden, but but Michael uses the the daggers across again and drives her back. Yes. Just, Oh, did she go back after? Yeah, she, she, she just disappeared after that. No, she, she goes she, back after Michael. She he he backs her up off of the the dais. Oh, but yes, he yes, uses yes, the cross yes. first. That's and, right. Yes, she comes back up. What's great is like, Michael is just living for this battle. He's just so happy in in this in joyful like light shines the brightest and then the deepest dark. Michael shouted, a fierce joy on his face, his eyes alight with passion and vengeance I had never seen in him. Like he's just living I, uh, for it. <laughs> Let come the forces of night. We will stand. Harry's like, we will get the fuck out of here. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm like, yes, <laughs> but exactly right. Michael's just totally in his element, totally in the moment of like vanquishing evil. And Harry's like, mm, we're getting the fuck out of here. He's practically <laughs> maniacally laughing, like, yes, let's fucking do this. Like, Come on, you dead bitch. I, I think that um, after he lost Amarakis, I don't think Michael expected him ever to get back into, like, righteous combat ever again. Well, probably some of that, too, right? That exactly, even without it, and even wondering if maybe the Lord's telling him it's time to move on. But he's like, uh-oh, I'm still kicking butt, and I'm kicking it well, so. <laughs> I forgot how much I love I'm- this. <laughs> yeah, right. It's almost, like, it's obviously to a lesser extent for Michael, but it's almost one of those things when, like, your boss is just, like... Like, it, like, it's horrible, and it sucks, and they don't pay you enough, and they don't give you enough vacation days, and then you're mm-hmm. like, you know what, fuck it, I will just be my own consultant. And then you're like, wait, I can actually do this, I don't need a company or a boss. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like a minute there, where Michael is obviously, he's not giving up on God the same way we give up on bosses, but he's like, no, I don't need the sword, I'm just awesome anyway. I am. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's a great it's, moment. It's actually even funnier, because it's like, you know, Michael is one of these, like, dedicated, like, he's got his routine, he's 
got his shit together enough that, like, yeah, with or without God, he gets up in the morning and he does his, like, 100 push-ups and his whatever, you know? Whereas yeah. Harry's like, if I don't have magic, I am a shell of a person. Like, yeah. I, can't do shit. I don't get up and do push-ups. I don't, right? Whereas Michael's yeah. like, no, I put in the work regardless of God, Right, exactly. You know? Harry's like, I only started doing push-ups because stuff kept coming after Yeah, like, me, we'll so see you later, but like, he only picks up running because he's like, you know what? I find myself running, running for my life <laughs> all the time. Yeah. Well, I was getting really tired after those fights. Yeah. Maybe I should do something. Yeah, yeah exactly. Whereas, yeah, Michael would just anyways. But yeah, yeah. no, one of my one of my favorite. Let come the fort. The fuck we will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And a little quiet, too into this, but, Michael. But quietly, so Michael. So Dresden picks up Lydia, and they uh, they head back down the stairs. So here was a thought I had going through this again, even though we're like you know, three, quor- three quarters, two thirds of the way through the book or whatever. And I just done on me and I was like, was there any inspiration of Lydia? Did he see all that from Beetlejuice? Because she was Lydia and she was all like dark and goth and whatever. And Lydia is basically, or did Lydia steal that because she'd seen Beetlejuice and decided she wanted to be Lydia? Or, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe a little fan nod. You've never come across any, you don't have some fancy like word of Jim to pull out and be like, as a matter of fact, he was watching Beetlejuice when he wrote that scene. And that's exactly why he named her that. I don't. Dang. Sorry. I'd like to assume he did. Yeah, because it just, I haven't seen it in forever. It was just something that really kind of randomly popped up to me, and I was like, ooh, that would be, I could see an association there, but it doesn't necessarily have to. I would say, though, that if you know, it could be a good thing for Jim Butcher to be like, I need, like, a victim of, like, some weirdo. He's like, yeah, Beetlejuice is a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> he was. <laughs> That's twice now. Yeah. So Susan is holding her own in this fight, and she's using holy water and her gun. The vamp fell to the ground, and I remember thinking, she just killed the thing, really, and truly taking out one of them. A fierce pride shot through me, and I headed downstairs. So, yes, Michael and and Harry have rescued Lydia and are on their way back down, and so he gets, you know, kind of a view of what Thomas and Susan and Justine are doing, you know, holding that little space for them at the bottom of the stairs for them to retreat to. And this is kind of ingenious on, on Susan's part. Like, I did like this. Like, it's not just that she, like, water ballooned. The, like, she throws it into the spotlight and that gets, like, cool. maximum of... Yeah, she doesn't just, like, ooh, I burned a hole in his shoulder where he's, like... She throws it into these freaking spotlights that have been on all night. So they're already shatters, vaporizes, engulfs them in, like, a whole cloud of mist and does, like... Like I say, like maximum right. damage here. Just gets like the full effect. And then just to make sure, she whips out the gun. This big ass forty five that she brought with her. And she's kind of like, he does say, he's like, yeah, it's kind of a blam, blam, blam of panic fire. But it works. And she gets them in the gut. And she just, yeah, she's just completely put this thing down and out. And Jasmine's like, you go girl. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like again, considering that, yes, yeah, Susan's, you know, report, like she's not a dumb person, right? This is just giving, you know, sort of credit to Susan being an intelligent woman on stuff like that but again definitely her first fight she didn't even realize she'd been chatting up vampires yet at this point because you know she's like well i haven't got my interview and turns off her recorder until she i'm sure she's had a few conversations with them if she's talked to anybody at the party but you know like she's she's she doesn't battle she doesn't do this she doesn't she's not up on the and and again like this scary like he says at the beginning of the chapter it's not only orderly you just basically go into chaos and you're like how do i stay alive and susan still manages to keep her head on her shoulder and like be a little bit inventive and you know like and you should also throw in the fact that, like, it's not even, like, you've got, like, okay, well, I trust Harry. Like, she doesn't know who Harry is right now. That. So, on top of all of that, like, you don't even have an ally right now. That's true. She, like, yeah. she's fully on her own as far as she's oh, concerned. Yeah, she's in a group These of strangers four as far as people concerned. she's met for, like, five minutes, you know, yeah. exactly, where they're like, well, we know you and we want to get you out of here, but that's, yeah, all she's got yeah. to go on exactly. She's like, fuck you, bitches, I got this. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, and yeah. essentially, yeah, like she's got no choice. Like it's, it's great to assume that these people are on your team because they say there are and they're currently helping you, but you don't know for certain because you don't, even Michael, who she like briefly met, that was with, through Dresden. Boy, so she that's the truth know. in about five minutes. Wow. But right. yeah, but she doesn't, that's it. She doesn't really remember meeting Michael either. So and nobody's yeah, so met Thomas and Justine she, yeah. before. For so all like, she exactly. knows, she's really on her own. So this. if she doesn't try right now, she's really hooped. Right? Yeah, exactly. So, so. self-rescuing say, princess. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. And I mean, again, like you say, it's not like all of her memories, like as we learned with the very subjective taking of Dresden and that, then again, I'm like, at least she's not completely, you know, she remembers going there, she knows something about it that gives her, but yeah, like you say, just the fact of a lack of, of concrete trusted allies, like you say, before she was all like, well, no problem, I can take on Kyle and Kelly because I got Dresden here, <laughs> you know? So but, things are yeah. going quite well for them up to this point until... They're still alive. <laughs> That's Bianca, one in the wind yeah. column. <laughs> Bianca manages to nab Justine and sedates her with a lick and calls yeah. for everybody to stop. More spit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's when the luck ran out. She takes one step too far to the side. and Yeah. Thanks a lot, Justine. We really had this shit until you had to do this. <laughs> right? There was, yeah. Susan, I gotta, Susan um, was kicking ass, and then you just... Start editing out all my swears. The Discord is calling me out. <laughs> <laughs> potty mouth, potty mouth. Jess has Stop. potty mouth. <laughs> we're just going to have to level up our that. swears is what we're going to yeah, have to I do. Yeah, I was thinking, I was like, wow, I thought I swore I know, right? They're like, who's swearing so much? I'm like, is it just me? Like, they also swear. Apparently. <laughs> Maybe they just can't tell our voices apart, and they just keep throwing it on me. Oh, that's true. You, you and me yeah. are the ones constantly swearing, and they just think it's all one yeah, person. Yeah, they're all just putting it on me. I was like, even Tanzan swears too. I'm like, why is this? Um, but right? I think we ha- we each have a swear in our in our uh, Patreon ad. Really, like, yeah. Fuck ton of bonuses. Come yeah, on. that's right. And you wrote that. I did. <laughs> I was like, a lot of our intros and uh, well, not everything, but I was like, I wrote a lot of the original scripts. But you're the one who wrote all of that. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> Jokes on all of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Here I thought we were being. Clean. We had a meeting at the beginning of this. Are we going to keep this clean? And we all agreed no. But I'm the only one who's was getting in not trouble. Not a for. chance. <laughs> <laughs> that was gonna make it through. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. So, so Bianca yeah, offers a, a bargain to Thomas to have him give up Dresden, Susan, and Michael for Justine uh, to own uncontestedly, which uh, Thomas mm-hmm. takes the offer <laughs> and sends Susan into the crowd of vampires. Well, Kate, mm-hmm. he gives this look to ha- Dre- Harry. Harry or Dresden? Thomas gives a look to Dresden. He's not on a first name basis with him. Right. Thomas, like, he, like, you know, looks at Harry, and I don't know what he says, but something, or Harry says to him, like, fucking don't do this, and Thomas gives him a look, and he's like, it's like he's trying to tell me something, but maybe it was just, you know, remorse or whatever, right? And yeah, like, you're totally, you're like, yeah, like, what is he saying? And then you're instantly like, fuck you, Thomas, you stupid piece of shit. Yeah. Right? And like, okay, so just going back when she's, when Bianca Verda talks to him, and she's like, if you could force your way out of here, you'd have done it already. I'm like, hello, that's what they're in the middle of. Give them five more minutes. (laughs) He's like, exactly, like, like, Dresden says, because she's like, the game has ended, he's like, you haven't taken us down yet, and she's like, oh, you would have busted. I'm like, they were, they just, they needed to go save the other girl first, okay? This is, hello, the good guys, the white hats, they're gonna. If you're a imagining this battlefield right now you've got this unit who like moved further into the fray to go up these stairs grab lydia then they're working their way back down like that's impressive to yeah, do when they've... you've got shit coming from you at all sides right oh like, absolutely yeah yeah you're in a party like you're completely surrounded by at least dozens if like, not i can't think of any know, like hun- movie right now at the moment but i'm trying to think of like the 300 or game of thrones or something like that and i can't think of a specific scene or even in harry potter when you've got 
Um, Neville and Seamus and shit trying to blow up the bridge in the last movie when mm-hmm. um, the Death Eaters, or the um, Scroungers, is that what they are? Come up to the bridge? This, oh, the, like the, the scavenger ones that are yeah, trying like, to... Yeah, I think Scroungers was the word, but the point is, is like... I think so, that's gonna bug me now. Um... It's like you've got like you know you see like these like three bad guys and you're like ha ha and then suddenly it's just like the camera pans out and there's like forty million versus your like three good guys or whatever like that. You're like, yeah. Oh, oh shit. Right? Yeah. So it's very <laughs> impressive to imagine this like you know like this scene of like this group having kept it together so well and like you know essentially like they're taking hits but they're not you know dying snatchers, right and they're moving that's what through they were, the snatchers. snatchers. So yeah, it was. But anyways, point is is that it was a very impressive scene, right? So. It's just that much more like, yeah, give them a minute, bitch. They are still on their feet, aren't they? Yeah, and exactly. I was like, they are literally in the middle of knocking their way through out of this. I'm like, yeah, you just got a slight advantage. But, you know, like you make it sound like, you know, yeah, you've, you've, whatever. I don't know. I don't like it. I'm like, you're getting a little ahead of yourself there, Bianca. Yeah. Well, she's kind but of cocky in general. Really. Well, she is. I mean, that's and, part of her whole thing. And not she only that, but if so she fabulous. let them continue, they would have gone out. Well, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I'm like, okay, fine, you're kind of putting them She did now, have to but. stop them or they would have actually succeeded. I know, but it's just still. Mm-hmm. Bianca in- instantly double-crosses Thomas and then orders uh, Kyle and Mavra to kill to kill him as- anyways. So. Yes. <laughs> so she just double-cross, double-cross. Like, two, two double-crosses right there. Bam, bam. Mm-hmm. I'm keeping mm-hmm. Justine killed Tom, uh, yeah, the white-bellied bitch or whatever the fuck she called him. Yes. It's a good insult, whatever it is. So, yeah, so exactly, you're all like, what is what is Thomas trying to convey? Because he's like, you know, glances back up at him, and he's like, I feel like he was trying to tell me something, and you're like, and then, and then, oh. and then, he just boots Susan, right? and you're like, what the, what? That what? What? Susan. He just oh, right, right. pushes Susan right out. He's like, yeah, he technically he didn't kick her as she much gets, as he just put his boot on she her. She gets consumed into the fray immediately. She just, um, yeah, she's, and she's got this edges, startled, like, she, uh, like, you can picture this so well, too, like, that startled scream of, like, like, what the fuck did you just, and then, like, yeah, it disappears, and then, like, you get a little winded, and then you're in the you're, belly of the beast. You're like, yeah. yeah, like, the whole, and then, like, yeah. just a little cry a few minutes later, and then, like, nothing. It's and, pretty like, fucking harsh. Yeah. And you should know, too, like, people on the internet are dumb and stupid and they don't understand what they're saying and people are like this is like the moment Harry's gonna go back and change no because that was Thomas's we're still on Harry's what he changes yeah and I gotta you know it's chapter 29 when that happens so that was last chapter that that whole moment went down but people are like oh like Harry's gonna go back and stop like that no no you're wrong this is Thomas's totally put it on Thomas no matter what he was trying to convey to Harry no matter what he thought he was gonna get out of it Thomas can never take that back and so yeah so then Thomas is gonna go do whatever Thomas is gonna do and yeah Bianca's like I don't think so. And he's like, you bitch. <laughs> Which is succinct, but also very mild. Or I think Harry's reaction is much more. And like, I think he get like, I, like, again, right? He's like, my mouth is working. Like, words aren't, like, Harry just suddenly, like, cannot compute the huge the emotions, fathomness. Like cannot fathom the hugeness of, like, yeah. It's, he's it's, overwhelmed. Like, it's completely. And it's funny because this is where, like, in her little speech and stuff to him, Bianca's all like, mm, you're running out of steam. Like, you've already had a big bite taken out of you. You, didn't, you weren't, you know, fully up to power when you came and you're running out now and you know like whatever you've got is keeping you on your feet right everyone's counting him as down and and harry almost is you know himself at this point too right like but you guys should know like do these villains never ever 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 watch movies themselves you never taunt the taunting almost never works in your favor you know, it's not a villain without a villain speech, okay? It's not a villain without a villain speech, but they always try and, like, use it like they're going to psych you out, and it almost never works. 
you know, it's you, almost like you know, you give them inspiration. <laughs> it's every time, right? You're trying to piss them off and like throw them off their game, but all you do is piss them off so much that they reach to, you know, unexplored depths of of rage and power, and you know, mother flipping cars off kids. You well, people know, say it like, all the time. You get to that moment where it's like you've got nothing else to lose, so you might as well just go full hard, and that's totally what Harry does right now. He kind of yeah, like is like... But everybody's always like, oh, I'm gonna poke holes and make you, and it's always like, damn, that was you. You might have had him, Bianca. <laughs> Dresden utilizes his pain, his hurt, and his fury to start one hell of a fire spell to light the place ablaze. And a part of this totally reminded me of the scene, the prom scene from uh, Carrie. <laughs> yeah, I never actually yes. watched that. I, I'm familiar with the gist, but I've never actually watched. I don't know that. You, like you, you've you've seen that one. Like like oh, at the, yeah. like she loses her mind. She like fucking loses it, and she slams yep. all the doors shut, and yeah. like ends up something she does like just like she, takes she, blood, drops out, or maybe it's real blood. One of the lights, and, like, I don't know. No, it's it's, it's blood, yeah. Blood. Okay, yeah. One of the lights ends up exploding and causing this big fire so everybody okay. is trapped in there and and the whole place just lights up a blaze right and and just that sort of complete and utter blind rage yes and so that's why it like completely reminded me of that scene yes actually if you really want to date yourself go back to um the movie uh, Firestarter with uh, Drew, Drew Barrymore. Barrymore. That one I actually have oh. seen. Oh yeah, when she when she goes nuts and burns down the compound, they, same vibe, the exact same vibe. Like it's all coming down, yeah. and I'm taking it. And this it's is very Stephen King sort of in- inspiration, I think. Yes. Yes. Yep. And this I think is very much the difference between you know our superheroes and our fictional characters in our real life because I felt like this many a time in my life. There's tons of times where I super wish I could have like fire blasted somebody from across the room or like dropped a piano on their head or you know like you have the, the person that cut you off in traffic that you do i mean it can maybe not quite i think that that's matter them but the difference is i don't have road rage carry. i'm just no, saying I, 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 I have rage against the general population okay <laughs> <laughs> it's much more generalized yeah yeah no mine's usually much more yeah exactly very you know when somebody close to you hurts you or whatever and you just feel that snapping part but yeah the difference is that when harry feels it he can do something about it. Yeah, he gets some wicked power from it. And, yeah, scares himself. So he has, yeah, he's like, I think Michael must have sent something and taken the girl from my arms because the next thing I remember is thrusting my hands towards the night sky and screaming, Fuego! Pyro Fuego! Burn, you greasy bat-faced bastards! Burn! Good point. Yeah. Harry also swears. So I'm just quoting the text at all times. Just not as frequently as Harry's is a little more reserved. Any and all times, I'm quoting the text. Any and all. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that fire catches a lot of vampires and like destroys them. So, (laughs) and not vampires. Yeah, Yeah, blasts everybody in the immediate range. And then he, and this is the other thing is that he's furious, but he's still enough that he does sort of notice that there's still. And a few of them, he does make a point that some of them are, are very definitely dead already. Um, you know, some of them breathed, a few whimpered and tried to crawl away from the heat, but most lay dreadfully, perfectly still. Pale, pretty, dead. So, Which not, sounds to me like they were already dead. They were. The those was, there's, there's a few that have already been eaten up by the vampires, but this is it. Is that it's not. They haven't eaten all of their party food or whatever. There's still a few that are just kind of drugged out and blessed out and can't fully make their escape, escape yeah. because they're you drugged know up. in a compromised position yeah and he <laughs> and you know, if not drugged it, up burned up right well hard to walk out on a 
50th degree burns. <laughs> well, um, yeah, that's just it, is that, you know, but he still, and it still takes, and, he, and it comes back on him, too, because, you know, he's like, I was, I, at first, you know, I was like, is it metaphorical or not? But it's it's really not, um, because he talks about his injuries in the next one, too, but, like, where is it where he says, I'm fire, I was on fire, or something like that. Um, yeah, there's a pretty vivid scene about one of the vampires trying to get back in the fire, basically. Like, again, where this is still not just fire. Because he says at some point, too, you know, he's like, use the magic to make the fire. But once it's fair, fire is fire and will act like fire and will just be normal fire, right? But this is where you can still sell, like, the manipulation of it and his rage. Because this thing basically reaches out and grabs the vampire and, like, sucks it's it back in. It's a vindictive fire. It's, yes, right? It's it magical not, vindictive. It's yeah. not just, yeah, Well, and Harry st- says as much. He's like, the fire in me grew. Like, he's, this isn't, like, calming him down. He's getting more and more ramped up the longer this goes, you know? It's yeah, right. almost like he's puppeting his own body with his magic, you know? Like, he's just, like, he's controlling the fire, and he's controlling himself with this well, and the, rage. And the, like, this sort of cyclical, know? like, the rage sort of yeah. continues yeah. Totally, to, yeah. to burn, and the more, more it burns, the more the fire happens. Something like, about, you know, Newton ang- and yeah. just Einstein and, you know. Feeding in on <laughs> Sort of self-perpetuating. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, oh, that's what it is. So, so Michael pulls him up in, like, a fireman's carry and drags him down the steps and stuff like that. Um, and he's like, he drops him down or whatever. He's like, oh, the magic course threw me slower now. It trickled, not because the floodgates had closed, but because I had nothing left to pour out. I hurt. Fire spread out from my heart, my arms and legs clenching and twitching. I couldn't get a breath, couldn't think, and I knew somewhere amidst all that pain that I was about to die. So you're like, in a sense, it's sort of the metaphorical, like, fire spread out from my heart. But then you actually discover that he did some serious damage to himself, too, releasing all of this, because... You know, he, he has all but set himself on fire in in calling this huge firestorm and, and releasing it and stuff like that, too. So it's, you know, half metaphor, half truthful there. I don't know. So Michael yeah. grabs Lydia and, and uh, now a very weak Dresden. And yeah. he, he makes this prayer to ask how to get out of the flames and the smoke. And his prayers are kind of answered. Not the way he expects. <laughs> like this. I... I, I I love how that that line ended when when he's when he's kind of praying, Lord. So if you could be kind enough to show me how to get us out of here, I'd really appreciate it. Like he's not demanding help <laughs> yeah. from God, but like I'd appreciate a little help if, if it's within your divine will. If this is how this is supposed to go on, that would be a great time. I get it. You want me to die <laughs> right? here, but if not, <laughs> I know. Well, and I like too how he starts it even because he's like, Lord, I know Harry hasn't always done what you would have done. But he's a good man. He's doing it again. <laughs> you know, it's like and right? justify the means a little bit here. It's not quite how you would like. I'm sorry for my friend, but will you please still help us? <laughs> say I like you know like most of us who don't pray all the time, but when we really really need to, that we're like I know I don't do this very often, but yeah. if you could like make the car this go right now, really I really need to get to work. Right, like right now. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then I know, and then Harry's like, I didn't think he was always so literal. (laughs) The smoke parts, and and this it's leading to this feminine figure, which sounds like an angel, but turns out to be uh, it's Leah. So much (laughs) surprise. (laughs) I I did want to go back to to something that I that I thought was absolutely hysterical. I don't know if anyone else caught it, where Harry stops himself from swearing when Mike uh, he goes, I thought. He wasn't so literal. And Michael says, "Are you complaining?" And Harry goes, ha, "Like, like H." And then, uh, 
Heck no. I mean, you know what he was going to say, but like with oh, divine wait. intervention, yeah. maybe I'll tone the language down <laughs> just a little bit. God is probably literally saving our butts right now. Heck no. Right? Wow, that actually worked. I better be good. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know how that whole, like, I promise I'll never swear again. Oh, wait. <laughs> this time I promise I'll never. No, it was good. Yeah. And then it's Leah. And then it's Jess. Yeah, Leah admits to showing the way to escape and saving them. Sorry, which is not to say. I mean, the Lord works in mysterious ways. I That's so say, She could also just take credit. She, um, it's not well, like God she, is going to be like, no. um. <laughs> she would totally take credit. But again, how do we know that God yeah. didn't decide to be like, okay, Leah, go ahead and make <laughs> Though it pains me in ways I could not explain. Yes, child. How am I supposed to have you if I let this red court hussy kill you? Stars above, wizard. I thought you had better sense than this. <laughs> right. <laughs> Love that line. <laughs> oh, so you save me so you can have me. Well, duh. <laughs> Just not like this, because now you're all like, yeah. <laughs> you know? you're too pathetic to actually yeah, take me like You've used yourself all up right now. Yeah. Ha- have a nap, get some food into you, then we'll get rid of that ridiculous costume. That's the other thing you have to stop and remember that when he goes like super psycho, superhero impressive, he's still wearing a powder blue tux. Oh, dressed like Napoleon Dynamite yeah. right now. <laughs> Prom. <laughs> I, I totally cheesy. do forget that. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's what he says when the fire starts whipping and he's like, my cloak like billowed and like red and sable. And you're like, oh yeah, that's still the you're cheesy so cool. no, black wait. and red vampire cloak that you're right? in. Your, your plastic gold medallion. I'm guessing he's probably ditched the cheese. The I was going to say, I'm like trying, trying to shout out like, fuego, 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 Fuck you, Bianca. <laughs> And, and you know that some of the uh, red court that died right there went to oblivion knowing they got killed yeah. by someone wearing <laughs> the a last really thing you bad say before you die. smart ass mortal exactly in a, in a right. cheesy vampire you yeah it's like oh god damn it like would that be like the ultimate insult to injury? I like it even better. Like that whole like like ghost thing or whatever. Like that you only remember like the last few seconds of your life or whatever like that. So it's like you fully think like you're a vampire who got killed by another vampire. Like what the fuck Wait, happened what? in there? What? <laughs> That's hilarious. So yeah, Michael flings him into the vehicle and tries to go back for Susan. And then, yeah, because he's like, Susan, where's Susan, where's Susan? Yeah. Yeah. And he does oh, manage to get Lydia out of the house as well. Yeah, he throws Lydia and Harry into the vehicle and right. goes back for Susan. Yeah. Next and, and Harry, Harry kind of tries. He's like aware. He's like, I, I, doesn't he try to do something? He's, he's like, I tried to move pulse. to make sure the girl was all right. And he's like, yeah. it was too difficult. <laughs> I just, yeah. yeah. So he totally just, the, the last thing he hears is the truck starting up and he passes out. Just done. Yeah. 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 If we take a moment to appreciate how strong Michael actually is, because he carried both Harry and Lydia out yes. of there, and and Harry's not a tiny person. Not even but, close. Neither is no. Michael, but we have established mm-hmm. that he is still taller than Michael. Yep. Yeah. And yes, and even though Lydia is pretty much a little slip of a girl, I think well, dead after, after is still fighting, dead weight. we've oh, yeah, and we've Tri- already yeah. had that discussion on how much battle exhausts you. Like five mm-hmm. seconds of battle is like, yeah, you know, a two-hour workout or something like that. Right, so yeah. yeah, and again, it wasn't even one on one. He literally had like hordes of vampires. And on top of this, Harry did light him on fire a moment ago. Like he did a scar his yeah. own cloak because it was in flames, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so yeah, yeah, go Michael. Seriously, right? Yeah, yeah. So exactly. yeah, so 
So, Mike, do you have anything that you uh, anything else that you'd like to kind of cover before we wrap this chapter up? Not really. I mean, uh, it's this was really entertaining to be a part of. I thank you guys very much for inviting me. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to say that James Marster has a sexy voice. Yes, yes, uh, listening, he does. <laughs> listening to the uh, audiobooks. But, uh, <laughs> I I also want to thank you guys for for doing this podcast. I mean, I have been listening to it at work for for months now and it is incredibly entertaining so thank you guys very much oh thank you yeah no we've been having fun it's flattery gets you everywhere (laughs) you know it is nice to know that yes people are listening and enjoying it which again absolutely people pop up on discards we have to assume that obviously somebody is but yeah Yeah. it's cool but they know we don't suck I mean, my my roommate uh, doesn't uh, use Discord, but I know she's been listening to uh, the podcast as well because she absolutely lo- like she binged the whole series once she found out about it nice. after I told her. So <laughs> aces, aces. Well, yeah. tell them to hop on Discord and come chat. It's a lot Hopefully. more fun. We need more people. We're trying to get that whole community. This concludes our episode eight point sixteen. Fuego Pyro Fuego. Thank you for listening. And once again, thank you so much, Mike, for coming on the show. This is, it's been fabulous to have you. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you so very much. You can find us online at freeflowrambling.com and macanellies.ca. There we have links to our other podcasts, social media, and other fun tidbits. Please subscribe if you like what you're hearing, and please consider supporting us through Patreon to keep the magic alive and to see more content. We are Free Flow Rambling. Conjure by it at your own risk.